0: Welcome everyone to Kingdom Rock Radio. We pray that you will enjoy today's message. Now here's a sample of what you'll be hearing today. And the danger is, listen, the danger is by and large, we become used to spiritless lives and spiritless church services and spiritless giving and spiritless living and spiritless being. We've come used to it. And churches by and large, especially in the American church, have propped itself up with now gimmicks because there's no power present we need gimmicks now we'll let gimmicks be our our other wing we'll we'll continue to preach something here so we've got that we got a bible but we don't have power so let's let's print let's do a 3d model of another wing to help us fly kingdom rock radio is an outreach ministry of kingdom rock family worship center located right here in bremen georgia You can connect with us at our website at www.kingdomrock.org. And now, here is today's message. Well, again, welcome everybody. Welcome to our online community that are gathering from all around the world. We thank you guys so very much for tuning in with us today. Whether you're listening or watching, wherever you are, we just thank you for being a part of this service. We know that the Lord has a word for you in season. So uh, when you get a chance, go to our website at kingdomrock.org. It's there that you can hear today's message as well as the entire series. So check it out. All right, today, everybody, uh, the Lord leads me into another series or leads us into another series. And this series is entitled Restore the Glory. Restore the Glory. This has been really the cry of my heart, the cry of my heart restore the glory and so he's taking us in that way restoring the glory and i'll tell you more about that as we go on in this series in the last series we were, were just in uh breaking free i i thank the lord for that series because in it the lord did break me free he broke me free and i now see things much differently and so much clearer Uh, than I I have in a very, very, very long time. So I invite you also to take this journey with us, but not only to, to hear the word, but to take that word with you and to meditate on those scriptures and to pray the scriptures in your life. Because as the Lord takes us from place to place, as he takes us from pasture to pasture... He's building on something. He's building you. He's molding you. He is making you. He is creating in you that mighty force that you were always destined to be. But it's going to take us building and building and changing and being yielded to his spirit. So, again, this is part one of this series, and I have no idea where we're going to fully go in this series. I've just heard go, and so I feel like Abraham just going to a country uh, that I don't know, but I just believe that He will take us there and I believe him for every single message along the way, every single word along the way. So I pray that uh, you'll again be on with us for this journey. We're going to start here in the book of John, John the second chapter, John the second chapter. And this will lay the framework, I believe, of the entire series. This is a very, very familiar uh, text of scripture, very familiar text. John, the second chapter, verses 1 through 11. This talks about uh, when Jesus made water into wine at the wedding of Cana of Galilee. Now, you hear more about that in our upcoming series on Thursday nights uh, called The Miracle Man. The Miracle Man. I cannot wait to get... Uh, back in our Wednesday night Bible studies, The Miracle Man. I hope that you've been enjoying the ones that uh, we've been airing uh, on on, uh, Thursday nights, but I cannot wait to get back with you and getting back behind the desk. It's just going to be awesome. We're going to talk about the miracles of Jesus all throughout the book of John, so I'm very excited about it. But this is the Lord's first miracle, and the Lord starts us off here, and there are a number of signs that are in this. So uh, listen with me as we go ahead and read this. This is John, the second chapter, verses 1 through 11. It reads like this and the, and the third day there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there, and both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. And when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus saith unto him, They have no wine. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, what have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. His mother saith unto the servants, Whatsoever he saith unto you, Do it. And there were set there six water pots of stone after the manner of the purifying of the Jews, containing two or three uh, fergans apiece. Jesus saith unto them, Fill the water pots with water. And they filled them up to the brim. And he said unto them, draw out now, draw out now, and bear unto the governor of the feast. And they bear it. When the ruler of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine, and knew not whence it was. But the servants which drew the water knew. You see that little winky face there right after that? I love the way that happens in the word. But the servants which drew the water knew the governor of the feast called the bridegroom and saith unto him, every man at the beginning do have set forth good wine. And when men have well drunk, then that which is worse. But thou hast kept the good wine until now. This beginning of miracles did Jesus in Cana of Galilee, And manifested forth his glory. Say glory. Glory. Say glory. Glory. And manifested forth his glory, and his disciples believed on him. There are three major signs that I want you to see. This of course, this is the first recorded miracle that the Lord Jesus uh, performed. Uh, in the beginning of his ministry. Now, he has just been baptized at the River uh, John, rather River Jordan there with John the Baptist, and he's gathered his disciples. And this is his first, again, his first recorded miracle. And after this, of course, as the Bible says, that his disciples believed. But I want to show you these three signs that are here, and this speaks of us at this moment, at this time. If you look again at verse number one, it says, The third day. Jesus goes to this wedding, to this marriage, on the third day. The third day, of course, our first sign talks about the resurrection of the Lord. He was resurrected the third day. So something is about to happen after the third day. What happens after the third day? Look at our second sign in verse number two. It says that there was a wedding there. There was a marriage But what what significance uh, does a marriage or wedding have with us today? Well, after the third day, after the resurrection, it is a church uh, that will become the bride of Christ. And we'll see that, um, we'll see how really the the picture of marriage represents uh, the relationship that Christ has with the church. Let's go to Ephesians, the fifth chapter, Ephesians 5. You can read the entire, uh, entire chapter when you get home, but let me just give you uh, two or three verses here. Ephesians, the fifth chapter, verse 31 through 33, at the conclusion of it, it says, For this call shall a man leave his father and mother and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. This is a mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, Let every one of you, in particular, so love his wife as himself, and the wife see that she reverence her husband. So the first sign, the resurrection. The second sign, there is a marriage, a coming together of Christ and the church. The third sign you'll see here, and we'll we'll, uh, really take the majority of our time here, The third sign here talks about, and starting in verse 3, is when they ran out of wine. They ran out of wine. Now, let me warn you in advance, this is is so much on me that if I tear up, if I cry, don't worry about it. We're okay, because I can get a little bit emotional in seeing this because the Lord has really placed this upon my heart, and I pray it is my heart that the Father will communicate this to you in a way that you also will be moved by the Spirit of God, moved to action, and moved to another level in Him. So the third sign is the fact that they ran out of wine. Now, the meaning of wine, the running out of wine in the, in the biblical times at a wedding uh, feast talked about... Uh, a wedding that was in disgrace, or a family that was in disgrace. It was the bridegroom's responsibility, the bridal party's responsibility, to make sure that everybody had enough wine and enough food to last for the entire week. It wasn't like uh, today's uh, marriage, uh, marriage uh, ceremonies or weddings, where you, you know, you go for the C- uh, ceremony, and then you have the after party, then everybody goes home. No, this was an all-week thing they celebrated. And so the family had to bear the cost of the preparations and the finances for the whole celebration. People came to the celebration, and they ate up your food all week long. <laughs> they ate your food, and they drank your drink all week long. And this was not some unfermented wine. This was fermented wine here. The Bible says that when people have well drunk, then they bring out the stuff that's not so good because they're so tipsy now that they don't know the difference. So this was a week-long celebration, and it's your responsibility Uh, The the responsibility of the bridegroom to make sure that every guest was taken care of. Everybody had enough food and enough drink to last the entire week. And if you ran out of wine, as in this case, they ran out of wine, this thing, this family would have been thought as dishonor. You've dishonored your guests. You've been thought as irrelevant or a disgrace. Disgrace. So disgrace is about to come on this family. Dishonor is about to come on this family. This is when Mary steps in and begins to intercede for the bridal party. Understand something, when they ran out of wine, that meant, again, instant dishonor and disgrace. But the meaning here is that, um, or we can say it this way, at one point, obviously they had wine there because you can't run out of something that you never had before. So somebody got distracted. The stewards or the servants were supposed to keep their eyes on it and make sure we got enough. And when you're running low, go get something else. But somebody got distracted and they ran out of wine. So before it became a disgrace, Mary comes in. But the thing is that the servants failed to maintain The level of wine. They failed to maintain, of course. I'm going to show you what wine symbolizes and how it relates to us today. And why really this this is on my heart. Because wine, really in this context for us today, it symbolizes the Holy Spirit. His power, his influence, his presence, his ability, his wisdom, his effectiveness, his glory. They ran out of his glory. They ran out of the wine. Now, let's look at Ephesians 5. Ephesians 5.18 helps us to really bring this uh, in focus. Ephesians 5.18 says this, The Lord urges them, be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. He doesn't want us to be drunk on the things of this world, but be filled or drunk or controlled or under the influence, live under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Not live under the influence of uh, the world system of things, but live under the influence, be drunk with the spirit of God. The Holy Spirit is the wine. Let me show you this also in the book of Acts, the second chapter at the birth of the church, we call it there on the day of Pentecost. When the men of God began and the people of God began to just prophesy and begin to speak in unknown tongues and and. And they had a reaction. People began to look at them and, and say something about it. Let's catch on to this. In, in Acts 2nd chapter, verse 15 through 17. Acts 2, verse 15, it says, For these are not drunken, as ye suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. It's only about nine o'clock. They're not drunk. The people saw them, everybody that were looking and seeing what the Spirit of God was doing assumed that they were drunk because of how they appeared at the moment. They were consumed. They were filled. They were under the influence of the Holy Spirit. They were drunk with the Holy Ghost wine. Look at verse verse 16. It says, For this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. 17. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God. I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. The early church was filled with the Spirit. There's no doubt about that. There were signs and wonders performed by the apostles, uh, by the people. They were filled with the, with the Spirit, with the, with the new wine. They preached the word of God with boldness, and and they had confirming signs and wonders. The signs and wonders confirmed that the Lord was with them. He was with them. As a matter of fact, Jesus told them they had the word before they went out uh, into the day of Pentecost. and Before they went out of Jerusalem, he told them, don't you guys leave. You have a testimony of me. You know what I did. You have the word, but do not go out in ministry until you receive power, until you receive the power of the Holy Spirit. We need the power. We need the glory. Now, this was the attitude of the early apostles of word and power, word and power. Let me show you this. Let's go to Romans, the 15th chapter, Romans 15, verses 19 through 20. It says, "...through mighty signs and wonders, by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem and round about unto Illyricum, I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. Yea, so have I strived to preach the gospel." Not where Christ was named, at least I should build upon another man's foundation. He said here, the apostle said, I have fully preached. How have you fully preached the gospel? I fully preached the gospel with word and with signs and wonders. This is the fully preaching of the gospel when it's not just a lot of talk, but there is power demonstrated as well. It's like a two winged bird or a two winged dove. One wing is word and the other wing is power. Having these, then we will fully preach, fully proclaim the gospel to this generation. Look at 1 Corinthians 2. 1 Corinthians 2. I'm taking you through a lot of scripture at the moment to to help you to understand the desperate need that we have in this hour. 1 Corinthians, the second chapter, verses 1 through 5 says this. And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and him crucified. Verse three, and I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. Look at verse four and five, and my speech And my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Again, there was no such thing in the early church, when the church was filled with wine, filled with the Spirit, under the influence of the Spirit, there was no such thing as preaching only, word only, without power, the two always came together, word and power, word and power. Look at First Thess- Thessalonians chapter one, First Thessalonians chapter one, verse five only, and it says, for our gospel came unto you in, it said, for our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Ghost and in much assurance, as you know, as you know uh, what manner of men we were among you for your sake. Signs and wonders help people to believe, they validate our preaching and they confirm our calling. Signs and wonders are a part of the gospel of Jesus Christ Jesus also spoke about this when he when uh, in his actually his second miracle I believe there in the book of John as he ministered to a nobleman whose son was dying and he said these words to him in John the fourth chapter verse 48 listen to what Jesus said then said Jesus unto him except ye see signs and wonders ye will not believe So the early church had power. The ministry of Jesus was one of power, teaching and power, word and demonstration. The early church, of course, the apostles, word and power. They preach and perform miracles, signs and wonders. But what has happened? What has happened? i tell you what has happened. We have run out of wine. We have run out of wine. The wedding, our church services, representing our church services, our daily lives, our witness for Christ has run out of wine. We have run out of the influence of the Holy Spirit, his power, his anointing, his presence, his glory. And the danger is, listen, the danger is by and large, we become used to spiritless lives and spiritless church services and spiritless giving and spiritless living and spiritless being. We've come used to it. And churches by and large, especially in the American church have propped itself up with now gimmicks because there's no power present. We need gimmicks now. We'll let gimmicks be our our other wing. We'll We'll continue to preach something here. So we've got that. We got a Bible, but we don't have power. so let's let's print. Let's do a 3D model of another wing to help us fly. So it has created a corrupted looking bird, a cyborg bird. This other wing is made up of gimmicks and programs and mixers and and dinners and beautiful facilities and entertainment and clever stories, jokes, psychology and lighting and smoke and dancers, whatever we can do, they say, to fill the seats. Now I'm not saying that it, all these things are wrong but what I am saying is that they should never take the place of the power and presence of God. Amen. Amen. Never take the place of it. Instead of seeking God for the return of his anointing, for the for the restoration of his glory. We've said let's just be used to it. God doesn't do that anymore. He doesn't do that anymore. But the church has become comfortable with an hour or half an hour or less, hopefully, certain motivational speech. We become comfortable with it. We've been comfortable with that, a little, a little word, pep, a little pep talk. Then we hug and shake hands, and then we go out to eat. And then the next week we do it again. Never changed. Never changed. And if someone misses the message, misses the sermon, they won't talk about it. They won't ask about it. It doesn't really matter. Why? Because as this wedding became irrelevant and dishonored and disgraceful without wine, so our testimony as a church has become disgraceful. And people say, you know what? I don't really care what went on because it has no value. It has no relevance to me. I don't really. I'm not really concerned about what was said in Bible study or in church service because it's not relevant. It's not doing anything for me. And we have the nerve to put our lips together and and ask, "Why aren't people coming back to church?" Where's the power? Where's the power? Many people have endured one too many church services without power. It has become regular and mundane. It has become a a place of entertainment. It has become a place to hook up, to make connections. A place void of the power of God. But let me tell you my heartbeat. Let me communicate to you what's on my heart the father has revealed to me that he is raising up a group raising up a generation of Mary's because it was Mary at the wedding that cried out to Jesus they have no wine It was Mary, in the word Mary, the name Mary means their rebellion, because she said, she thought within herself, this is not sufficient, this is not suitable. I will not stand for this disgrace. I will not stand for this dishonor. Lord Jesus, they have no wine, they have no anointing, they have no spirit, they have no fire. Send the fire, restore the glory. There's a generation of people that are not okay with it. There's a generation of people going from church to church trying to find the power of God, trying to find the anointing of God, trying to find the spirit of God. They're tired of one or two songs, a handshake, a a quick message, and then leaving back into the hell that they came from. They need the power of God. And Jesus has given us that commission. Even in the prayer he told us to pray, in the model prayer he told us to pray, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. He wants us to do it. But we must cry out for it. We must cry out for it. At the end of your day, at the end of your daily work, your end of your daily activities, if you've not seen the power of God in demonstration, we ought to cry out, God, send the power, restore the glory. At the end of a church service, if we have not seen the power of God, if we have not felt his anointing, his presence, we ought to cry out, Father, restore the glory. This is not a matter of convenience, this is a matter of life and death because the church in this country, the church in this country, and I would even say this church cannot be a disgrace because of the lack of power, the lack of wine, the lack of oil, the lack of the presence of God. When the power is restored, you won't have to ask people to come to church. When the power of God is restored, you won't have to ask them. They'll beat you here. When the power of God is present, when the glory returns. But we must cry out for the glory. We must cry out for the glory and no longer see No demonstrations as something that is average or usual. Don't you understand that you are a child of God. You are the very temple of the Holy Spirit. Spirit. You mean to tell me that every once in a while his spirit, God's spirit, won't show up sometime in your life with power and signs and wonders? Jesus said the believer shall lay hands on the sick and the sick shall recover. We should not be satisfied until we see the word of God in demonstration in our lives. Aren't you tired of running from the devil? Aren't you tired of being afraid? Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. The Father has given us all things, all things to enjoy. We've let so much distract us. We've allowed the devil, we've allowed Satan to distract us. And what has happened? The wine get little, little without noticing it. And then it ran out. And we became a disgrace. When people think about Christians, they think about hypocrites. You talk about Jesus, they say, what, why, why? Oh, I don't want religion, I don't want all that. I don't don't want what you have. I don't want what you have. You know the God of the universe. And we've settled for crumbs, low living and mundane lifestyles We've settled for being under the power of the enemy. We've become cold. We've become distant from the things of God. It's time to cry out again to join that generation that says, Father, restore the glory. Restore the glory. There is a case in scripture in 1 Samuel, the fourth chapter. We'll get that. When the Ark of the Covenant, the Philistines had come into the camp of Israel, come into the house of God, come into the place of God, and defeated Israel, Israel sinned. And they took the Ark of the Covenant, which represented the presence of God, the glory of God. Eli was the high priest at this time and he's about to die, and his son, son's about to die. His grandchild is about to be born. Let's get into that just for a second. First Samuel, as we begin to close, first Samuel, the fourth chapter, first Samuel four, look at verse 19 through 22, and it says this of the New Living Translation, Eli's Daughter-in-law, again, Eli was the high priest at the time. Eli's daughter-in-law, the wife of Phineas, was pregnant and near her time of delivery. When she heard that the ark of God had been captured and that her father-in-law and husband were dead, she went into labor and gave birth. She died in childbirth. But before she passed away, the midwives tried to encourage her. Don't be afraid, they said. You have a baby boy. But she did not answer or pay attention to them. Verse 21, she named the child Ichabod, which means where is the glory? For she said, Israel's glory is gone. She named him this because the ark of God had been captured and because her father-in-law and husband were dead. Then she said, the glory has departed from Israel for the ark of God has been captured. Why haven't we asked that question? Where's the glory? Where's the glory when there are so many people that are sick around us? So many people that are, are, are being tormented around us? So many people are not saved around us? We need the power of God. We need his power. We need his power. And the Lord said that he would give us his power. He said again, these signs and wonders shall follow them that believe. Where is the power? Where is the glory? We're going to have to cry out to God until we receive until we receive and see the restoration of glory not just in our churches. But you must see the restoration of glory in your own life, in your own home, in your own relationships. Anywhere where the devil is ruling, anywhere where his tyranny prevails, we must see the glory of God. There must come a time when you simply walk in a place and the atmosphere changes. You're walking by someone, you lay hands on them just in conversation and they receive the power and presence of God. There must come a time that what is in you comes upon you to change the world around you. There must come a time again oh God I pray there must come a time again when your glory shines about us, in us and through us to affect the change in the world around us when your glory is so strong upon us that we have no desire to sin no desire to live a low life but we only seek your face and only your presence there must come that time until then, we can never be satisfied. Living a low life, a low life. Being defeated at home, being defeated in our finances, being defeated at work, being defeated in our bodies, being defeated in our relationship. sad, depressed, and bothered. That should not be. a testimony of a born again believer of God but we've grown complacent we've allowed the oil to run out we've allowed the wine to run out but it's no problem because Jesus is here with us and we can pray Lord Jesus we have no wine restore the glory restore the glory but somebody has got to make the cry somebody's got to say Something's wrong, and I'm not okay with this. I'm not okay with this. I'm not okay with this. I should not be shackled down by habits and addictions. I'm a child of God. I shouldn't be afraid of the devil. He needs to be afraid of me. What has happened? We slept. And then the enemy came in. We slept. And I believe that in order for that to take place, for the restoration to take place, we all have to make that confession. I did it. I let it run out. I got tied up. I got tangled up. And worry and frustration and, and stress and people and money problems. And Lord, I I wasn't paying attention. I let it slip. I didn't steward your anointing as I was supposed to. I let your glory slip. We repent, Father. There's a reason why Jesus chose this miracle first. There's a reason why he chose it first. Let me show you one more scripture Then we're going to close out today. Haggai, the second chapter. Because as God restores the glory, you will see Changes in manifestation greater, greater. Let's go ahead and read Haggai, the second chapter, verses six through nine of the King James Version. Listen to the word of the Lord. I believe this is for the entire series and over our lives. Haggai 2, verse six through nine, it says this. For thus saith the Lord God, the, for thus saith the Lord of hosts. Yet once, yet once it is a little while, And I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land. And I will shake all nations and the desire of all nations shall come. And I will fill this house with glory, saith the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine, the gold is mine, saith the Lord of hosts. The glory of this latter house shall be greater than of the former. One more time. The glory of this latter house shall be greater than of the former, saith the Lord of hosts. And in this place will I give peace, says the Lord of hosts. Why do we say this? Because if you look there at the very end of this first miracle, when the servants drew out the water that was made wine and they gave it to the governor, the governor of the feast, the ruler of the feast, said, This wine is better than the first. What I'm telling you today is child of God, and I pray that you can hear this, church of the most high God. What Jesus is about to do within his body will be greater than that that you've seen there in the book of Acts, in the book of Corinthians, and all of the New Testament. God's about to pour out a greater glory in these last days than this world has ever seen before. Why? Because it's darker now than it's ever been before. And if there ever needs to be a difference, if there ever needs to be a difference, it's now if we ever needed the power of God it's now and the glory of this house will be greater than the glory of the latter house you are in time believers you are in time saints of the most high God but you must cry out for the glory Please don't do like we did before. You hear a word and mm, it has been happening. Go home and not even think about it, not even pray about it, not even have no no thought about it whatsoever. And then expect to enter into it. It's like someone who, who doesn't go to work, but you still expect to get paid. It doesn't compute. We need... Holy Ghost field nurses and Holy Ghost field doctors and Holy Ghost field technicians and Holy Ghost field mothers and fathers. Holy Ghost field volunteers. We need him. We need the power and presence of God upon our lives so much. The anointing just oozes from you. But listen, it's not going to happen because you've been so good. Don't fall into the trap of the adversary. If he tells you, well, you haven't read your Bible enough, you haven't prayed enough. How God going to use you? You sinned last night. How God's going to use you? Don't let him turn this on you because this is not about you. It's about Jesus. Jesus qualifies you for the blessing. It's not about how I prayed. It's about how Jesus prayed. It's not about my sacrifice, it's about the sacrifice of Christ. It's not about my life, but by the life of God that was shed through the blood of Jesus upon your behalf. We don't stand before God or qualify based on our righteousness. We qualify based on the righteousness of Christ alone. You're not going to perform one miracle because you came to church or because you didn't do this, that or the other. It's because of Jesus And when you turn your attention from you and to him and receive him as your righteousness, your life changes. But the moment you look at you, you've already lost. It's not about you or how you live. It's about Jesus and the life that he lived. It's about receiving what God has done for you through his son. If you believe in Jesus... If you commune with him, he'll restore all things into your life. All things into your life. But you must identify with him. Believe in him. Let him lead you. And we will see the glory of God return. So I pray that you will join me this week that you would join me in this series and for the rest of our lives until we receive the restoration of glory. I pray that you would join me throughout the week praying, praying, but when you get up in the morning, when you go to bed at night, throughout the day, God restore the glory. God restore the glory. God restore the glory. Restore the ministry of signs and wonders. Restore the ministry of signs and wonders. God restore the glory. We have no wine. So, Father, I thank you today for the words that's been given, for the words that you have spoken. Father, I pray that your spirit, that we have received this word by your spirit into the good, fertile ground of our hearts. I pray, Lord God, that it will produce a hundredfold return. And Lord, I pray that you will lead your people all throughout the week, all throughout the week, that you would lead them into prayers, that you lead them into study, that you would continue to convict them, that they don't have to be sick. They don't have to be worried. They don't have to be fearful. We don't have to be depressed. We don't have to be lost. We don't have to be. When you've created all things anew in Christ. Lead them, Father. I plead the blood of Jesus over your people. Bless them, I pray. In Jesus' name.